We're good. Welcome to another episode of the Beer Opinions Podcast. My name is Pat Berger from Kaiser Tiger and Patty Longs. And with me, as always, is uh, Bruce White of the Chicago Beer Tours. Yeah. Did I get Chicago? Chicago Beer Experience. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Chicago Beer days. Experience. Yeah. That's Chicago. okay, man. Are you experienced? <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well. Uh, so, uh, we are uh, back, our second podcast of the year. and um, Waiting on a snowstorm coming in tomorrow. I've heard. I've heard there's a snowstorm coming. We'll yeah. survive. Yeah. and Good um, beer drinking weather. Good good curling weather. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, obviously uh, a beautiful day to sit in a bar, I think. Exactly. And we are sitting here at Kaiser Tiger in the upstairs room, the lovely... Uh, a rooftop. What, what's it called? Skyline. <laughs> Skyline Lounge. <laughs> yeah, whatever Please it's called. Please don't say rooftop. I don't know. The Chicago Beer Experience Room. <laughs> How much? <laughs> I like the sound of that. You yeah. know, we had our employee party Sunday, and uh, I know today's Thursday, but I'm still a little <laughs> foggy. Um, it was it was a burner. And, uh, you know, we have a couple uh, employees here today. We have uh, Callie Roach of Kaiser Tiger, beverage director, assistant general manager, uh, curling ice expert, resident artist. Um, uh, She does pretty much a little bit of everything and a lot of everything. So thank you, Callie, for coming. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. She's also a loyal listener of the Beer Opinions podcast. (laughs) Yeah, one of five people. I'm very <laughs> proud of I have her here. No, that's not true. I joke. Uh, and uh, we have our general manager over at Patty Long's, uh, Dave Thompson. Tom- Thompson. Thompson. <laughs> I'm seriously losing it today. You don't know any names. <laughs> Ever since we hired Tompkins, I'm getting you two mixed. The, the last names mixed up. I yeah. am. So Thompson. Dave who I've known for like, I don't know, 15 years, but I don't can't get his last name right. Uh, and Dave is new to Patty Longs. He is our new addition over there, uh, uh, whipping the old girl into shape. And, uh, you know, I'm sure having a blast doing it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's lying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, I want to have you guys on to kind of talk about um, – not only your experiences in beer and beer buying and the restaurant business in general here in Chicago, but also kind of um, the trends that you guys are seeing going on because you guys uh, have your, you know, your your ear, ear to the rail, as it were, uh, being harassed by uh, many, many beer salesmen every week. And, uh, you know, you all know what's up. So um, thank you for coming. And uh, Bruce? Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thanks you for having us. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I didn't have any chores. <laughs> All right. So um, let's start with Callie. Callie, what are you seeing uh, going on in beer right now that is uh, maybe different from when you first started buying beer? Well, I think obviously there's a lot of the hazy IPA still happening. 
Um, I think also there's a lot of the uh, Brute IPA, which um, mm -hmm. is hopefully uh, kind of a reactionary move to the hazy IPA. That's certainly uh, not something that I see selling very well at Kaiser Tiger, so we've been kind of tapering off with those. Yeah, I think the Brute IPA was um, a short-lived yeah. fad. Kind of a flash in the pan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they still because have a lot of product to sell, so it's uh, still coming back around. Yeah. They do. And, you know, I, you're going to find this hard to believe, but I don't like that style. The roots? Yeah. A little too dry? or Yes. It's dumb. Like, <laughs> I get it. It's like a reactionary thing to these overly sweet, hazy IPAs. Hey, let's make a really dry, clear IPA. Fuck you, Northeast IPAs. And I'm all for fucking you, Northeast IPAs. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think this is just another, like, it sounded good in your head or it's, you know, it's a statement beer. But at the end of the day, if you don't have any sweetness with all those hops, it's just overly bitter. Certainly, yeah. but I think like the one of the better counterparts to that is the um, pastry beers, which yes. are selling very well here. But you know, in conjunction with all the barrel aged things that we've been doing, um, and the best part is that we can balance all of those uh, options with lagers, mm -hmm. um, the really low ABV, clean drinking, so that they do like a beer and a beer as a beer and a shot. So you have a fifteen percent, mm. you know, pastry or BCS or you know, founders KBS or CBS. Um, and meanwhile, you still have, like, you know, your beer that you're drinking, like a nice, clean lager. And, like, we're really capitalizing on enjoying uh, selling all those options, and they're doing great. Yeah. So Are a lot of people buying the five-ounce version of those big beers? Yeah. yeah. And it's um, it'd be, it's a, the beer in a shop, but it's a beer in a beer. Um, obviously, it's, like, you know, it's a little overpowering to your palate if that's what you're drinking the entire night. So you're not going to do that. But to balance that with, like, you know, an easy, clean-drinking lager um, and been killing it on those and it's super fun because people get to taste you know that's i think our best uh offering at kaiser tiger is to be able to do a five ounce option of a variety of beers um and that's been really killing it yeah i think you know when i first when we first opened and callie has been here since day one by the way she is also a patty long's yeah. veteran uh so she has been been with the company a long time uh and when we first opened i wanted to do that five ounce option and and chris my business partner was like i don't want to sell two dollar fucking beers you know and and i got it but like you know the whole idea of having all these weird esoteric beers on tap is that people can try a lot of them and uh if you're drinking only pints you're kind of you know you're you committed to it. a beer yeah you're committed sure. to a beer right. and you're, you're you're not going to try more than Three or four beers. You and know? at the same time, like when you're looking at these high ABV beers, like five ounces is the right amount. Plenty. Uh, right. Especially yeah. for the for the palate too. <laughs> it really is. Well, I mean, you're looking at twelve dollars or you know, six dollars a five ounce, twelve dollars, ten ounce. You know, you're not gonna go all in. It's the same thing as a pint at that point. Um, so it definitely yeah. like makes a difference to be able to try a bunch of things, things that you can't get uh, at a lot of other bars. Um, and so to pour some like really heavy hitting whale beers. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. but to make a night out of it and still have some, you know, nice, nice lagers and pilsners. Yeah, um, and I think you brought up a really good point, which is, you know, a lot of beers are are flavor wise really strong, um, so you wouldn't want a full pint of it in any way. I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna take off my earphones. We've got like a voice of God <laughs> double thing going. We're putting okay, some effects on your voice, Bruce, because, you know. It is freaking me out. I'm we're, sorry, guys. We're going to pink um, the hell out of this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, no, I think it's interesting because you're able to um, capture that. I'm going to stop right there. 
He's not the best <laughs> color man in the business for nothing. <laughs> um, going back to what you were saying about um, about the five ounce pour, uh, which we we do at Patties as well, um, especially for anything that's really high ABV. And when you look at something like um, when you look at when you compare it to, to wine, and you you have something that's like between eleven and fourteen percent, depending on uh, on your um, uh, uh, your style and everything like that, and then you have a beer that's the same. Uh, same alcohol percentage, your typical wine pour is about five ounces, you know, in a, in a restaurant. So, right. um, you know, yeah. five ounce beer at the same ABV. I mean, that just, it's, it's harmonious, you know? So I've been drinking a lot of wine lately yeah. and, uh, you know, I don't know if any of you experience this problem, but you know, I tend to drink it the same, uh-huh. <laughs> same pace, same pace as a beer. <laughs> And I'm finding that wine is getting me fucked up. That's what it's is for. That, am I the only one? Now, are you not supposed to drink a pint of wine? You uh, can. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. All my glasses at home are pints. <laughs> I had maybe a, I'll, uh, maybe I had I'll a... pour smaller ones. Than, but I am. I'm literally having a problem with, the, like, you know, how quickly I'm drinking it. And then, you know. You might want to try a coffee mug. <laughs> the coffee mug of the wine old cough tri- well that's try the a old wine glass. Uh, that's the old trick at work <laughs> whoa whoa try a wine glass maybe <laughs> they, they make glasses for wine <laughs> they do it's an age old right. tradition Pat. I'll look into it uh, I'll look into it seriously I, know. I, I also Callie I also really like your point about kind of having the beer in the beer versus the beer in the shot and I've actually I'm going to do that for like I, I've never done that, and I'm thinking to myself, why haven't I done that? It makes perfect sense with some of these really strong, particularly the barrel aged uh, stouts and whatever. That's just awesome to pair those. those I mean, ideally, you want to yeah. be able to enjoy those beers and what you're going to enjoy them with. Maybe against, it's not a glass of water; it's going to be yeah. another beer. Yeah. Um, and finding that balance in that in our list, I think, was something I struggled with. Like maybe the first two weeks of winter. And then I like really dialed in on that, and I was I was really happy with how it's been turning out because it's been probably a favorite most of the customers and the bartenders get to recommend here's what you're gonna drink and try and sample and taste and here's what you're gonna like you know chug yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So also, so, yeah it also works out really well because um, you know I mean when you since you know in the last however many years as we've seen things grow from stylistically from uh, you know. Pale Ale, IPA, Pilsner, Stout, Porter, you know, into, you know, fruited IPAs and um, various types of sours, barrel aging, you know, fooder aging, you know, all of these, wood aged in oak, you know, like all of these different things and tr- and not trends, well, sometimes trends, with all of these different flavors that are exploding into the beer world, a five ounce pour is a really nice way for people to build their own flight and have a taste of pretty much everything that they walked into the bar to taste, you know, um, and the incre- the increase in variety of flavors, um, I mean, I think that, you know, a smaller pour of many different things is kind of a sign of the times, too. Yeah. So variety is still king, right? I mean, sure. it is. Uh, people are not, despite uh, recent efforts to kind of showcase flagship beers from, from breweries, and, and I, February is uh, I, some beer writers are gearing up to call it flagship February. And try to you know get some uh, you know promotion for these beers that could very well die out. You know um, the Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada Pale Ales, uh, the the mm-hmm. fat tires of the world. You know mm-hmm. all all of these beers that you know people just aren't excited about. You know they're all they're all fine beers. They're all you know 
some of them are really, really great beers, but they've been around a long time. And, you know, you untapped it on your app uh, eight years ago. Why would you possibly drink it again? You know, that kind of a, a thing is going on. Um, it has been going on, and I think it still is. I mean, it's still kind of the uh, – it's, it's a struggle for brewers, I think, who are um, constantly having to come up with a new beer because people are going, oh, that was a great beer. Now what's the next one? You know, and, and no one's revisiting. Yeah, I mean, you used to have your staples, you know, um, even, you know, just besides, you know, Fat Tire and, and, and uh, um, whatever um, – Alpha King. Alpha King. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, like these are. Callie might be drinking an Alpha King. You know, as we like speak. I mean, in the case of Always. Alpha King specifically, it's a fantastic beer that I would drink literally any time. Um, yeah. What do, what, what do, that what is you always my good. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I mean, and you have these beers that are fantastically made, and so like you've got a brewery's essentially, if it's a flagship, it should be considered their best effort. You know, one of them at least, and. I think that seeing um, variety kind of cut into that in terms of um, what a brewery is capable of at their uh, pinnacle is, is is a little bit damaging, you know? I mean, we've, we've had breweries uh, like Pipeworks who opened on the uh, idea that they would never make the same beer twice, <laughs> you know? And that was um, that worked for them, to be honest. Uh, of course, now that they're bigger, they've got to establish a flagship. And try, you know, they're realizing it's difficult to move, uh, you know, thirty thousand barrels of four hundred different beers. Um, but, you know, uh, that, that this is still what the world is demanding of of breweries, and and everyone is coming out with a new beer every month, uh, even the big guys, right? So, uh, I don't see that changing. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I, I think obviously it's great to have a core product that like everyone know and loves and establishes your brand, but to have one offs is awesome um i always we try to field trip to pipeworks every two months or so and try new beers and then we always get them in their cell rate <clears throat> their cell rate this summer was amazing yeah uh especially with you know being beer bacon sausage at uh, kaiser tiger it was like a celery salt beer and it was mm-hmm. delicious it is amazing that how many hits they have uh you know i mean every brewery has some misses uh some breweries have a lot of misses uh but considering the um, variety coming out of pipeworks and how many of them are really exceptional is uh, a testament i think to what they're doing completely agreed i think the hard part as a buyer um is to trust and buy without tasting um, and that sometimes happens um, when you're looking at breweries like pipeworks who aren't bringing you samples and the reps aren't coming by and they're self-distributed um and so obviously you have to have some trust in that. And I think that, yeah. you know, you invest a little bit in that, but you know, they're, they've hardly, they've hardly disappointed. No. And sometimes you take your field trip out there and then, uh, the next day call up the rep and go, Hey, I want that beer. And he goes, well, oh, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> part of building relationships with breweries too. You know, I mean, which, you know, you know, we obviously do. It's one of the things that we do probably to, to put that trust into a brewery and have that brewery bring you something that's like this is good for you you know as opposed to this is what we're trying to sell you know to anybody this is what we're what we think would fit with your program you know that's a that's a a lot of great points and i i just am curious you know and i'll open this up to everybody uh you know how many breweries and you don't have to name names (laughs) um but you know do do you uh trust kind of to meet that threshold pipeworks 
probably was one of those that would meet that. But are there others? And I'm, I'm assuming there probably aren't that many that you would kind of maybe do sight unseen, but maybe there are. I'm not sure. I mean, there's certainly a few, but a, yeah. part of that has to go with the brewery itself. Where, mm-hmm. like, I know Three Floyds is going to sell just on the name. I know Piper's sure. is going to sell in Chicago just on the name. Mm-hmm. If it's not the best beer they've ever made, it's still going to sell. Uh huh. And ideally, like, I want to uh-huh. buy only the best beer, but I also want to buy beer that sells and that people are excited about and interested in. And so, obviously, if the beer isn't to my taste, but I know it'll sell well. It's, it's a no-brainer, and, and part of that is the cachet of the brewery itself. And I think Piper, Piper specifically, like, you know, it it doesn't have to be their best beer, and I know mm-hmm. it'll still, like, be a winner. When you take chances on new breweries like Alter or BrewDog, or not BrewDog, I meant Bulldog, <laughs> it has to be an exceptional mm-hmm. beer at that point because... You could put BrewDog in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Uh-oh. established brewery. <laughs> In Scotland. <laughs> Noted. Reestablishing themselves. <laughs> Conversely, are there breweries that maybe they have an excellent beer, but because I guess you kind of answered that saying new breweries might, it better be really good because otherwise people won't know it. They won't buy it on name alone. Uh, the fact they, of the matter is that there's a ton of breweries right. in Chicago, you know? And so if, then if there's a new brewery that's bringing you some sort of product and you're drinking it and you're like, this is not, I, I can find better product from a brewery that I know and trust. I'm going to go with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, taking shots in the dark with the new kid on the block, you know, it, it I mean, yeah, you can, you can, you can hit a home run every once in a while, but you know, it's a little bit less stable grounds. So. Mm-hmm. But then you have anomalies. Like, I think Twisted Hippo is going to be amazing. I mm-hmm. tasted one of their beers the other day, and it wasn't what I needed for my list that week, but I think that they're going to they're gonna crush it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of usually sense those things about breweries. Um, we have, like, Old Nation M43 on our list downstairs. Yeah, and the Michigan. And, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's breweries that I would love to get in, like uh, Scratch and, like, other pl- things that, like, you just – don't have the availability and I see them at beer temple and I really want them, mm-hmm. but, um, their distribution is so limited. Um, so it's like, there's so many breweries that you can get really excited about. And, uh, I'm looking forward to hit, like seeing some of those hit the market soon. Um, oh. but yeah, twisted hippo, I think is going to probably kill it. Yeah. I, I have not tasted anything. They've only been open. What since Friday, I think. Yeah. yeah. They uh, took over the old, um, they call it a haunted space. They're in the curse space. Yeah. The curse space, uh, on oh. Montrose and, I don't know something. Yeah, it's West. where what break room was. Yeah, that break room was there. And, and Finch's Finch, before that. Yeah, or Finch's. Finch Kitchen <laughs> was there. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful space, or at least I think they've redesigned it. But yeah, I've seen pictures. Yeah, uh, it looks nice. I got to get over there this week. Uh, yeah. They're very nice people, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I hope they pl- do well. They put these planters in the middle of their tables, and I dollars to donuts. Someone's gonna pee in them. <laughs> Just gotta say that they're gonna pee in them. That's what people do. They <laughs> pee in planters <laughs> right in the middle of the table. <laughs> That's from legit Kaiser Tiger experience. I'm assuming. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty <There's>, sure. <laughs> there is a story behind every rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if you see a sign that says, you know, please don't pee in the planters, you're guaranteed someone peed in those planters. Exactly. It's both yeah. funny and sad. Yeah. Uh, it is. yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, so let me ask you guys. We'll start with uh, maybe with Dave. Um, 
what does it take for a new brewery to come in and sell you a product? What, what, you know, how does that go down and what are you looking for? Uh, well, it depends. I mean, it, it starts with the rep, you know, and, um, how they approach the, uh, the potential sale, you know, mm-hmm. um, if they, if they come at you and they're like, and they're exceptionally bold, aggressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they haven't looked at your list. They don't know anything about your business, which, you know, in this case has been established for 12 years, you know, mm-hmm. um, if they are just looking at something where they make some sort of, you know, half hearted connection between their beer and your establishment because, um, there, there's a name in common or, you know, something like that. their, their beer has the word pig in it or, you know, like whatever, something like that. I'm not really apt to listen to this person because they, they don't, they're not interested in creating a relationship. They're create, they're interested in, in making a sale and, um, which is fine, but it, personally turns me off right away, you know, but for a new brewery to come in and say, Hey, we, we have this offering. Um, I think it would go well with your food. I think it would be, um, a little bit different than some of the other things that you have existing on draft right now. Um, you know, and if not now, maybe a little bit down the line, you know, if they're, so you know, you're looking for a thoughtful approach that, um, uh, ties their product in with your, your concept. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, you know, any, anybody who's doing beer buying, you know, they're curating a list that's well-rounded. They're putting time and effort into making sure that the uh, guests that walk through the door are experiencing something um, that they're going to look at that tap list and be like, wow, this is great. I'm so glad I wound up here, you know, and for um, the rep to um, kind of notice that and appreciate that and say, we have a product that is outstanding that's going to fit in well with your program, I think is, is really, really good because they're looking at two things. They're looking at their program and they're looking at your program and seeing how it can fit. Right. Yeah. Cause a beer can be great and still not fit in with your program. And I've, I've run into that quite a bit, you know, with people, uh, well, I mean the famous one was my Sam Adams, uh, uh, experience where, you know, I can't sell Sam Adams to save my life. No mm-hmm. one will buy it at my bars. You know, some of those beers are really great, but it doesn't fit with what I'm doing. You know, if they can buy your beer at 7-Eleven. The airport beer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the old airport beer thing. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter how good it is. It's just too ubiquitous. Like, I'm not a, a bar, you know, our concept is not to sell ubiquitous beers. It's to sell, you know, esoteric beers. So, um yeah, there's, you know, that that's that's definitely something I think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that's the quintessential Allagash White. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have Allagash White or Omegang Wit, um, which one sparks a conversation. Cal, you know, I ran the numbers today. I believe you, and it was probably... So, yeah, a little backstory for the <laughs> listeners. We <laughs> we sell Omegang Wit. Wit, I don't know, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but we've been selling it for 12 years, and uh, it is our... Um, answer to the question of I'll have a blue moon. Well, we don't have blue moon. We have Omen Gang Wit. And, we, and it's a very, very big seller for us. Uh, their big competitor is Allagash White, which is um, infinitely more popular than Omen Gang Wit. More people have heard of it. 
And uh, somehow the distributor ran out of Omen Gang Wit last week. So we have Allagash White on. And it sold like fucking hotcakes. Um, it, I, it, it's our number one beer this weekend. It was. Mm. It I beat mean, Alpha King. It beat Pilsner Kell. It was right underneath Beer of the Month, which it is was, a Yeah, no Beer of the winner. Month doesn't count. That's, it always uh, goes Tito's, Beer of the Month, and then usually a couple of beers. Um, and then. And then either Alpha King or Pilsner Kell or, you know, sometimes dovetails in there. And then Large Fry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the French fries. <laughs> this weekend, Allagash White. I know. Number one. I know. Of course. Of course. Of course it did. But it doesn't spark conversation. It doesn't, uh, you know, invite a guest to try something new. So, you know, w- that's when you question, like, why are you, how are you choosing the beers that you're choosing? Are you choosing th- something? Because I think Omegang Wit is a very delicious beer and potentially underrated or underknown, whereas Allagash White is an easy go-to. Do you want to take people out of their comfort zone and have them, like, experience something new? Yeah, I mean, both beers are great. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think. Absolutely. And, um, and, and you guys feel free to correct me on on, on your th- these establishments, but I've noticed that a lot of times, sometimes I'll want some type of Belgian or, or wit beer, and those are the only options because they're not a commonly produced style. I think for craft brewers, certainly not. Not anymore. Not in yeah, not they used to be. Yeah. Not, not in the winter time. Usually they'll be also summer. Th- True. They'll be yeah. targeted more mm-hmm. to the summer. So a lot of times it might just be that's the only one in that category that's that's kind of available uh, to scratch that itch. But, but correct, yeah. You know, there's also the ones kind of, uh, mm-hmm. if you look back at, you know, some other breweries that seem to have kind of fallen by the wayside in, in popularity um, and or their popularity has waned over the years. Like right now we're carrying um, uh, Unibrew Blanche de Chambly as kind of an yeah, alternative, yeah. you know. It's sure. a fantastic beer. Yeah. It's a fantastic brewery, you it know, is, yeah. and – I don't see it a lot. I mean, for me personally, Modid was my gateway beer into craft well, it's, beer. Yeah, it's got a bunch of stuff working against it. It's imported. Uh-huh. It's, yep. uh, I, no offense to our neighbors to the north, but it's Canadian. And no one's <laughs> like, hey, what Canadian beer do you have? And like, no one has ever said that ever <laughs> sure. in any of our bars. And uh, and it's Belgian style, which is also on kind of on the down. Uh, so it has a lot of stuff working against it. It's the old yep. uni brew, but a great brewery and great beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Findemont is actually our uh, most selling, one of our most selling bottled beers. But I have to say, it's because it is the highest percentage under eight dollars, <laughs> which means that the staff can buy it uh, or get it for their ship drink. So, uh, so uh, thanks to the staff. Yeah. The Findemont, I buy, it, I buy right case every week for them. <laughs> I, do, I do, I do really enjoy that. That both of those beers, those are great. Yeah, yeah. That's like um, what I. <laughs> Years ago here at, at Kaiser, I insisted that we put Anchor Steam on the bottle list. You know, it's a great beer, another flagship that's kind of lost interest by everyone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm putting it on there. I put it, you know, putting my foot down. This is one of this an American classic that started craft beer in America, this beer, mm-hmm. putting it on the menu. And lo and behold, I'm doing inventory and uh, first couple of weeks we had it and it's flying, you know, and I've uh, reordering, you know, cases and hey, I was right, you know. I, I I knew people would get on board with Anchor Steam. And then inventory came around, we're like, wait a minute, we didn't sell any of these. None of them came through the POS and uh let's go check the camera and one of the cooks was stealing it. <laughs> God damn it. He's like, which one of these is not moving? (laughs) 
<laughs> and if I hadn't have been like so like, oh, I'm putting this on. It's going to be great. Like the second I saw them, you know, uh, leaving inventory, I was like, I was right. Instead of going, wait a minute, this is unusual. I don't sell this much of any bottle, much less fucking Anchor Steam. Uh, but, you know. How fast was the depletion rate on this? <laughs> this dude, uh, the video was hilarious. He was like, had every pocket filled <laughs> with Anchor Steams. <laughs> And I guess he was like slamming him in the bathroom and then throwing him out in the trash. And, oh, jeez. Um, you know, <laughs> when we confronted him, I was like, you want to see the video? He goes, no. <laughs> no, I don't. Did he earn the nickname Steamboat or anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steamboat Willie. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Pretty sure it was Oscar. <laughs> was that his name? <laughs> I don't Not remember. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I don't remember his name. Anyway. Um, yeah, go ahead, Bruce. So um, one thing I've noticed um, is that, you know, I, I hop review uh, uh, a blog, beer blog um, in Chicagoland. They keep a really good list of Chicago breweries, um, both in the city and the suburbs. And I, I you know, I, I pay real close attention in, in particular to the city list. And what I've noticed is about, I want to say the last two years, that list, the number of overall breweries has been about the same. And even dipped a little bit. So it kind of peaked up a little over 70. And I just checked it this week and it was around 67. So, you know, one thing I wanted to say and ask your your insights was, you know, I think we might have at least temporarily kind of reached a plateau um, for craft beer, which is crazy because for a while there, it seemed like a new brewery was opening up every other week. And um, they still might be, but there's breweries now closing too. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not closing; they're just getting tap rooms. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but I guess have you noticed as buyers uh, that maybe there are less new breweries, or not really um, coming in and sampling their beers? And maybe I'm just reading the data wrong. I guess the new breweries that I'm seeing are not because uh, you're talking about the Chicago, like Chicago S- proper, Chicago proper, okay. right? I mean, the new breweries that I'm that I've personally been uh, in that have been approaching me have been outside of the city of Chicago, I guess that, sure. now that you mention it, but, okay. but yeah, I mean, in terms of a plateau, I mean, there's only so much that you can make before you're making a surplus and people can't buy it because there's right. too many options, you know? So totally. Yeah. Yep. And I think there's that there's, we also had when we had our explosion of breweries, a lot of them are really small, like never, ever going to make any money small, you know? Uh, you know, it, it was, they were passion projects, right? They were mm-hmm. making it in their garage on a slightly larger system than my homebrew system at home. <laughs> and and that's great. And I, 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 you know, I don't discourage those people, but it's not a money-making venture. So maybe after two years of that, you kind of go, uh, all right, well, this was fun, but, you know, it's back back to the IT world or wherever, wherever I came from, you know, that kind of a thing. I mean, I, I have seen some of that go down. A lot of the nanos are, are dropping off. But I, you know, I do feel like we're still getting breweries I've never heard of soliciting us almost every week. Yeah. I mean, I probably see like 30 reps, uh, Monday. Um, I mean, it's, it's still insane in, in yeah. my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, again, like the biggest part of that is like, I think they're all just have tap rooms. Um, it's not opening a brewery. It's opening a brewery plus tap room or the established breweries that have been available for the last two years are all putting tap rooms. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's proliferating extensively everywhere. I think, I think tap rooms are saturated too. Bars are certainly, you know, uh, well, we were saturated last year, I think. I think places are closing 
and places aren't opening up with quite as uh, often as they were two years ago, bars and restaurants and stuff. But I think the breweries that are succeeding are the ones that have a flagship and are still doing success of, uh, successful one-offs. Maplewood, specifically. Sure. Mars, mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. Pipeworks, of course. Um, but, I mean, and they're making amazing beer. They've really dialed a lot of that stuff in. So they have their core product that you can always count on. And then, they, you know, their reputation and their, their handle downstairs, like... It says it all, and people will just ask for that. The like, same way they ask for like a hazy IPA, they'll ask for Noon Whistle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one I think that was like a real big surprise to me. It was like Noon Whistle yeah. took off this year. Yeah, Noon Whistle is one of my, for, for especially for the hazy IPAs, mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Uh, that I, So I'm happy to hear they're doing well. That's great. Uh, it's, to yeah. me, it's like the REM of beer. Like the, all yeah. their beers taste the same to me. It's the totally. REM songs also. All Michael's type. But they sell the same. Uh, gummy whistle. We'll, we'll gummy, talk afterwards, Kelly. Yeah, squishy gummy. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, send all your hate mail about all you REM fans <laughs> to Callie. To Morrissey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking Morrissey. Uh yeah. So, well, I, I you know, yeah, I, I don't think there's been quite the slowdown or anything. It, that is an interesting number that it's kind of stayed the same because I, I do feel like they're, they're still opening yeah. constantly, you know. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, we just had Twisted Opa open last week. I was shocked because uh, I, I, I hadn't checked it in a while and I checked it this week hmm. and I was like. 67 and hop review is now obviously the overall number like what they call chicago land is going up because right. we're now the we have chicago on chicago land whichever i don't know what that includes the suburbs i guess right suburbs sometimes they include sometimes um, part, of like part of indiana and part yeah. of wisconsin Northwest indiana. Oh, yeah. so that now is county, we're yeah. now the have the most breweries of it's over 200 i think anywhere um, in the country right yeah which is crazy 200, 200 well, and the Chicago suburbs are vast and populated, so it makes yeah, sense that they are. I mean, they're there are more. How many? It, what is it's ten million ish, and I think seven million ish live in the burbs. Yeah. So, and the taproom concept is great for. Well, it's great. Period. Let's admit yeah. it. It's a great concept, but in the suburbs, especially where you have to drive there, so you're not. You know, well, in theory, you're not getting hammered or anything at the tap room but you can take a crawler or a growler or uh whatever or a six-pack home from that brewery i think that's you know the suburbs kind of lend to that right mm-hmm. yeah i mean but uh, having a having a session at a tap room or a bar you know or you know even uh you know a uh, beer fest sometimes you know like whatever that's the travel it can be the most difficult part especially if you're going you know, to to uh, to a place that's far away. You know, yeah. We, who's we always drive me to, home, Dave. Who's well, who's driving me home? Uh, isn't there a Cars song? Uh, but uh, that's what I say every time yeah. one of these breweries, like, you got to come visit me. I'm like, fine. You driving me home? Yeah. Well, but I mean, I'll be you there. Know, that was that was. Where the, are you in Tinley? Yeah. You, yeah. Who's driving me home? That's what we were talking about forever. For with uh, not a real place. <laughs> that was Dark Lord for years. You know, it's like it's easy to get to. It's hard to get back. Yeah. You know, like um, no doubt. And uh, you know, I think maybe that's there's that's kind of some of the reasoning for seeing some of the things that we're seeing like you know sessionable beers low abv um you know that kind of that kind of trend that i've been so that's interesting let's talk about that because i was uh approached with two well i think we all were (laughs) when i say i and believe you guys were there 
Uh, we were approached with two non alcohol not non uh, but low alcohol, low calorie craft beers, right? Yeah. Lagunitas has come out with one. Uh, I, I, I still think they should have changed it. It's called Daytime, which makes sense, but they had a daytime out. Maybe it should have been called Daylight. I, maybe they didn't change the name because of the government shutdown. They're like, oh, well, we still got that daytime label, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But um, it's a different beer than that daytime that came out a couple years ago. And it's uh, under 100 calories. And it's um, uh, 4%, maybe 3.8. So I don't know. 100 yeah. calories. 100 calories, 4%. Bell's Point, same thing. Bell's Point came has one. 99. Stone. Huh. They yeah. called it 99. Huh. Yeah. Right? Yep. Is, that, is that right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't buy Ballast Point, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Callie's throwing down the gauntlet. Oh, I shouldn't have West Loop. By the way, we're invited to their party at the uh, <laughs> tap room next week. I'm serious. I didn't get that email. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so where do you think this I, – I did taste these beers. I mean, you know, here's my opinion. They are uh, – kind of hop watery, you know, um, they remind me of the session IPAs that were coming out. Um, you know, they're not bad, but for me, it's like, uh, you need some, you, you know, you need again, some malt sweetness to back up the hops, but I get it. Like you can't put out a craft light beer because it has to taste like, you know, the, the public has to taste craft beeriness. Right. Sure. And to them, I think that's hops, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. So they have to, it has to be hoppy, right? I don't know. uh, There's also, I mean, if you consider the source like Lagunitas, they're making West West Coast style. So it's going to be Yeah, they don't make anything not hoppy. Naturally. Uh, So that makes a lot of sense in terms of their branding, I think. A few are trying, I think Founders came out with their solid gold, which I think is. Yeah, but that's not, uh, that's not being marketed as low, low calorie. Right, right. No, yeah, Yeah. you're right. That's like, I mean, no one is coming out with just a a light beer, you know, like uh, Sam, Sam Adams did. uh, And it's been, you know, out a long time and it's pretty popular, I think. Um, the uh, uh, like, but no one's taking that light beer category um, and just making it on a smaller scale. They're making so-called IPAs that are light, right? Sure. I mean, I would certainly buy that beer for the summer. I think that would be a very good uh, popular can in our beer garden bar. The same way that Hopo Little Guys will, uh, which is a new innovation. Instead of going taller, oh, the little buddy, yeah, little buddies, yeah. I totally want to hold that can and that feel like a giant. Is, and, oh, it's totes adorbs. <laughs> and you know, look. I mean, I love the the um, the ponies of high life. You know that for that they've had for oh, the little tiny high life. Uh-huh. seven ounce guys. You know, yeah. like it's good for Bloody awesome. Mary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, little, so yeah, it, it doesn't have time to get cold, but you know, I, you know to get warm rather. The only domestic brand that is growing is an Uber light beer from Michelob. Right, Michelob uh, Gold, Ultra Gold, or whatever, is crushing it. It's the only uh, macro brand that's that's seen major growth. So, are the craft breweries kind of seeing that? Going, let's get a little piece of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't be a bad move, right? But are, is the populace going to t- going to notice? And it, do craft beer enthusiasts? Uh, are, are, do they give a shit about calories? They sure don't seem to. I think it, this kind of goes the same way that you talk about. Look like, at them. <laughs> I mean, look at me. <laughs> they look great. <laughs> crying out loud. Look yeah. in the mirror, Pat. Start I think caring. it goes, goes the same way as you, like, you look at those uh, hard seltzer alcohol yeah. options. Yes. They're 
they were exploding. They were exploding, yeah. And um, that was a they were low calorie, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, we always joke about it. Cali in the summer or Tito's and soda bar. That's all it seems to be all we sell. Um, and that's I think a calorie thing. I think uh, mm-hmm. women and and men, some men, uh, you know, when they go on a carb free diet or whatever, that's your drink of choice, right? The yeah. vodka soda. Well, and I think that all of this is in our minds right now because it's January. You know, and, uh, you know, you, you got people doing sober January, you've got yep. New Year's resolutions, yep. you know, like I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to do that. So like, yeah. I'm going to do it this year. Yeah, yeah. I know I said this. Why Pat? You look great. Past. Well, come on. No, I'm going to do it. This is the year. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm holding you to it. No, no, he's not. <laughs> I, I did. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I did read uh, just today, actually was reading an article about how millennial and Gen Z now that they're drinking age or starting to get in there um definitely are drinking less quantity um so i think that the the anheuser bushes the big brewers are really Gen targeting Z. yeah the Pussies. but there i talked i talked drunk drunkenly to a real cocky anheuser bush exec I, I met him at the bar i don't know his name and uh he said that low alcohol or non-alcoholic beverages are the future for them so a lot of people say um, that you can uh, you know uh, even seeing that trend in cocktails as well lately, mm-hmm. you know, um, when you talk about, um, when you talk about, uh, cocktail focused bars, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of them, you see a trend towards things like, uh, like a sherry cobbler, uh, or, you know, uh, drinks that are made with fortified wine or something like that, that, uh, an Americano uh, cocktail, you know, things like that, that are, you can have a few of them. Cause you know, if you have, you know, three tiki drinks and you're on the floor, you know, <laughs> then what kind of a night are you having? You yeah, know? So yeah. people are looking for a little bit more longevity and which to me says that they're looking for the third space, you know, and it's not home. It's not work. It's a place where you can loosen the tie, you know, yeah. or whatever. This is from the person who had a shot of Campari for his birthday. That's, that's, that's I love, I love shooting Campari. <laughs> I love it. It's delicious. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things in the world, besides you, Kelly. It's a good. Oh, <laughs> it's nice. Um, so yeah, I think I, I think the calorie thing is uh, it's a real. Um, I think people, you know, I, uh, wine and spirits are on the rise. I, uh, you know, all of this is cyclical. People stop caring about calories. You know, at some point, ten years from now, uh, God forbid they ever come out with um, calorie counts on these pastry stouts. I mean, what what could it possibly be? A, a twelve ounce pastry stout. What do you? Uh, what's your Nine, guess? Nine hundred. You think it's that high? <laughs> could be. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, well, the the I, sugar. The, the IPAs. <laughs> I want to say like the the IPAs. Like two Big Macs. What's like an an average IPA is like two fifty to three hundred, right? Like a like a pretty. Like a six and a half, seven percent IPA. I want to say somewhere around there. So you got a ton so of you malt. A 16 ounce, yeah. yeah, and then you got a you know a ton of like, yeah, then sugar. You just, you're gonna what, like really lactose sugar or and alcohol itself, chicken yeah. nuggets, all types of sugar. peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, you know the Oreos. pizza you get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ranch, a ranch beer. That's what we I need. I can't believe that beer made of waffles is so high in calories. <laughs> exactly. Can you believe this? <laughs> What the hell? Fried chicken beer. <laughs> it tastes like diabetes. Uh, <laughs> find some toes. Uh, well, they're going to start putting putting nutritional labels, I think, on um, Budweiser products. Not all of them. I think just Bud, Bud Light, all that. Um, and I think that is their ploy. They don't have to do that. I think 
Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, hey, we put all our nutritional info on, on the label, including our ingredients, and uh, we challenge the craft beer people to do the same. I don't think you'll be too happy with the results. Uh, I think that's what they're trying to do. I mean, the craft beer people aren't going to put shit on their labels. No. Um, they don't have to, and it costs money to do so. So, mm-hmm. why, you know, what's the return on investment on that? You right, know, especially like, when they're coming out with a new beer every so like they're not going to do it for their their one-offs i mean that would be no yeah yeah. no you can't i mean you just can't afford to do that right um but you know even in the restaurant world they're making there are there are some federal guidelines you know if you have a certain amount of stores you have to have nutritional information for all your dishes on your menu um i I, I don't remember the number of stores it's like 14 or something we're not there cali don't worry don't (laughs) worry The bomb, yeah. Can you imagine the nutritional information on the bomb? Sodium alone <laughs> is just gonna just a year's worth, you. probably. If you have to ask, <laughs> it's very low in carbs, though. Bombs low in carbs, I think. It's all me. Atkins whole, compliant. Yeah. Is it whole yeah, thirty? People are whole thirty. Uh, is that the? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Bond Someone, Leo. Oh, we have a new. Uh, second place bomb challenger, don't we, Dave? Uh, we do. Yeah, last week someone took it down in about eight minutes. Yeah, eight minutes and a handful of seconds. Um, but yeah, so. Any word on whether they're still alive? Still, <laughs> yeah, it's apparently still alive. I mean, uh, he's posting on Instagram just uh, in the last uh, few days. Oh, good. So, good, you good know, to hear. Like he's, right. Just he's, checking. Yep. No, he's, he's doing fine. So apparently the bomb is healthy. <laughs> Yeah, for you, it's good for you. Yeah. For, for for those of you who don't know, <laughs> the bomb is what five pounds. I say five pounds of sausage uh, mixed with uh, bacon, and then covered uh, with a weave mat of bacon, barbecue sauce. Is that right? I believe it's yeah. ground beef, it's ground pork, ground beef, yeah. ground pork. Yeah, it's a okay. it's a beef pork mixture mm-hmm. and then stuffed uh, with bacon, pepper, wrapped in bacon. bacon. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. tastes like a heart attack covered in rainbows. That's what I always say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's bacon delicious. Bacon rainbows. Um, but it's it's good. That's, um, that's not what we put on the menu, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a heart attack covered in rainbows, but it's close. Yeah, it's yep. close. Um, well, that's good. I um, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up, Callie, because um, I'm still kind of uh, uh, chafed about it. But I turned on WGN Morning News yesterday, and uh, Annabelle Val around town was at some freaking bar I've never heard of in Wicker Park curling on their rooftop. No way. Yeah. Was it a rubber mat or a piece it of plastic? It was synthetic ice is what they called it. Fuck her. I know. Yeah. Right? Fucking Annabella Vall. Not you, a real When thing. you want to see what real ice is, you come on down to Kaiser Tiger, Anna, because uh, whatever shithole you were at over uh, <laughs> in Wicker Park, it ain't doing it right. That's okay? not a real thing unless you've struggled and it brought out your like uh, imported ice curling scraper and scraped the frost off the ice and then had to relay your uh, vinyl mesh targets three times and dealt with your two-tone compressor system that runs glycol underneath. You're not doing a damn thing. Fucking right. That's what I'm saying. Yes, I agree, Callie. So uh, I just, you know, I was watching yesterday, and, and Angela, my lovely wife, was like, you should bring that up on the podcast. That Did you- son of a bitch, <laughs> Annabella Vall. Did you break the TV? I would have broken the TV. <laughs> I was kind of pissed. <laughs> and then I got an email today. Someone wanted to do their party here and was like, yeah, it's between whatever that place is called and Kaiser Tiger because we want to curl. Um, you know, so it took all of my strength not to email back. Well, if you want to, you know, 
do some bullshit synthetic ice curling, you go to that other place. You want I the be- real deal. That's, well, we're kind of the real deal. Not, we're, we're still not Olympic curling, but at least we have fucking ice, They're right? like 30 pound, like 28 pound imported stones, not like little plastic pieces of shit with wheels. That's right. That's <clears throat> right. They're from Canada. We're, expletive, expletive, expletive. Yes. Yes. So just want to throw that in there. Anyway, uh, Dave, how you doing? Uh, we got a big release tomorrow at Patty Long's. Yeah. Collaboration um, with uh, Dovetail. Yes. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. So I did want to mention yeah. this because, you know, uh, shameless self-promotion is what this podcast is all about. And uh, we were invited to blend a spontaneously fermented beer with the owner of Hopleaf, Michael Roper, our only three-time guest here yeah. at uh, yeah. Beer Opinions. Uh, and uh, we tasted like 12 or 14 barrels or something. And then... Uh, began uh, uh, blending them and seeing how they tasted together and chose two and put them together. And that will premiere tomorrow night at uh, Patty Long's, which is tomorrow's what, Friday the 18th. And uh, then we'll be here at uh, Kaiser Tiger soon after. Uh, For a while, Kaiser Tiger got uh, more beer than, than Patty Long's. But Patty Long's got the release. Sorry, Callie. She's giving me the eye. <laughs> no. It's all good. <laughs> and uh, if for those of you who don't know, Dovetail obviously is famous for their lagers. We've had them on the uh, podcast. And uh, they do a lot of German-style stuff. But they have a real deal cool ship, um, just like the Lambic producers in Belgium. It's incredible. It is. Uh, and they, uh, they pump the hot wort over there, let it cool overnight, open up the windows, and let the natural yeast floating around... Ravenswood uh, do their thing, and uh, it's uh, an incredible experiment to me. Because like, even when they, you know, when they first opened, they're showing me all this. I'm like, what the? F- this could all taste like shit, guys. They're like, yeah, yeah, it could, yeah, you know. <laughs> Guess we'll throw it out then, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they- I'm here to tell you, it does not taste like shit. Well, the occasional barrel tastes, you know, bad, funky. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, this experiment to me was a huge, huge success. They've released a couple uh, things from this. Um, but uh, tomorrow at Patty Long's, we will have um, uh, it's got a really creative name, as all the dovetail beers do. It's called um, Big Net. I, it's, it's called like Special, special Barrel, barrel release. release. Yeah, it's Special oh. Barrel Release. <laughs> you know, to go along with the Dovetail Lager and uh-huh. Dovetail Pilsner. <laughs> I know. The uh, marketing department over there, I'm going to have a talk with them. It's uh, awesome, though, that, like, you know, not only... So you've got things like... uh, You've got beers that are wild fermentation and kettle sour and all of that kind of stuff, but you have an actual cool ship, and then afterwards you're actually blending barrels. I mean, that's that's such an old-world technique of doing it and something that's very unique and very, very cool. Incredible. Yes. I I think it's, like... uh, It's... It's beyond cool that we that we that you had the opportunity to do it, and we have the opportunity to pour it. You know, it is, and it was a direct result of the Beer Opinions podcast. So I guess the boys at Dovetail heard uh, the episode where Roper and I are uh, bitching about tap rooms, and um, you know, one of our suggestions was, "Hey, if you have a tap room, that's great." But try to engage. You know, if you want to sell a lot of beer outside your tap room. You need to engage those bars with your brand and not just release every special beer in your tap room and, you know, 
uh, do all of your special events in your tap room. You need to still engage with those uh, retail accounts, you know, just like you did before you had your tap room. And uh, Dovetail listened to that and uh, came up with this idea for me and Roper to, to come do this beer. So uh, finally, Beer Opinions is paying off. There you that's go. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's, that's what this <laughs> not, boils down to. Not, not for me. Not 36 for me. episode. No, and a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bruce is still waiting for some sort of anything from this, but... Uh, I got mine. I'm done. This is our last episode. <laughs> Dropping the mic. Yep. Um, so anyway, that's going to be great. Very excited about it. And, uh, um, you know, maybe we should go around and see what else is going on. Callie, what's, what's happening at Kaiser Tiger? A bunch of busy days coming up. January is yeah. uh, solidly packed. Um, luckily, curling is uh, up and running and Going very well. Um, my favorite part, of course, is that the uh, air temperature is pretty low, and there's no oxygen in the air, which makes uh, no cloudy ice. So it's looking smooth, smooth clean. and fast. Callie has learned more about ice <laughs> than I think she ever probably cared to. Ice, uh, hot water heaters. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Also, I could go on. We're learning experience here at uh, Kaiser. There's no, no no lack of learning experiences. Never boring. That's our motto. Yep. I'm like uh, Bill Nye, the science guy of restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> Loving it. How about you, Dave, over at Patty's? What's shaking? We are gearing up for uh, all of the Six Nations rugby games yes. in February, which is just a couple of weeks away. Yep. Um, Go those, Ireland. Yeah. Those are going to be... Uh, big for us on the weekends, and we're very excited about it. Um, plus, a couple other things that we've got in the works. Uh, we're doing a scotch and bacon tasting. Oh, nice uh, pairing. Uh, so, tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so, we're going to be um, teaming up with uh, Brew Clatic, um and uh, scotches, and uh, which are fantastic, f- fantastic scotch producers. Um, Talking about um, the differences between their products and uh, also um, pairing them with uh, with some of our uh, different cuts of bacon. So, um, you know, uh, their um, heavily peated, uh, heavily smoked uh, option is going to be paired with, um, you know, our, our jowl bacon because of its decadence um, as a nice little counter to that. Um, their classic laddie, which is uh, unpeated, unsmoked scotch, is going to be... Uh, paired with our rashers, our Irish bacon, just also unsmoked. So, oh, that sounds good. Scotch and <laughs> scotch and bacon. Oh, mm-hmm. that is awesome. And Robbie yeah. Burns Day is. What's the up, date so of that? that yeah. Um, that's in early February. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my calendar in front of me. Well, check PattyLongs.com yeah. or uh, uh, PattyLongs on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. we'll, uh, or just show up every day. We'll Waiting see, for it, uh, saying, "Where's the scotch yeah. and bacon?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be posting everything on Instagram. So awesome, that sounds great. Cool, Bruce, what you got shaking? Uh, you know, we are doing a limited beer tours, so you can check the website. You know, no better way to brave the cold than to drink some beer. Um, and you know, you shouldn't let the winter stop you. We're hardy Midwesterners here. Reminds me, around this time last year, the polar vortex. Mm-hmm. One of those hit. And I sent an email out being like, it's going to be negative 1,000 degrees. You can cancel if you want. And my guide was like, please cancel. <laughs> and a group of five was like, no, we're going to do it. We're, we're, and so they showed up. I was like, where are these guys coming from? Like everybody, it was one of those panics, you know. And uh, they were from uh, uh, Edmonton, Canada. Oh, <laughs> and they were like, this is 
this is pretty average for us, you know. So, uh, but seriously, they had a blast. The guide maybe a little cranky at the beginning, but he 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 was doing well. And uh, so we do do beer tours. And then I do want to give a shout out to I was at the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild meeting. Um, and I ran into the Hopewell, some of the Hopewell crew, uh, up brew pub up in Logan's or not brew pub tap room brewery up in Logan Square. Um, awesome brewery. They were super nice and loyal listeners of the podcast. So, oh, good. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Jonathan is. Uh, Mr. January yeah. in the Patty Long's calendar. <laughs> yeah, uh, Patty Long's beefcake calendar. Yeah, owner of right. Hope, well. uh, and uh, no, but they were in Clover Club and Cold Brewer, some of my favorite <laughs> local beers. So they're they're great. So. They are killing it. They're another one uh, who great is folks. yeah standing out uh, amongst a huge pack. Yep. So shout out to Hopewell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. How about you? Uh, well, I already talked about my my dovetail thing. Um, no, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, looking forward to Six Nations as well. Um, Ireland's looking very good. Very, very, very good. <laughs> so if uh, they better win that first game against England or else no one's going to show up to the rest of the tournament. But, you know, <laughs> it's the only time I have money on sports. It's when, uh, you know, it's Six Nations and I don't actually bet any money, but uh, we do a lot better when Ireland's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> so, sports ball, sports ball, sports ball. Yeah, yeah, Callie's. Don't don't let her fool you. She loves the sports ball. Uh, <laughs> she's shaking her head. All right. Well, I want to really uh, uh, thank my guests who uh, uh, took some time out of their busy schedule uh, to Thanks be on the podcast. Yeah. Callie Roach, Thanks. Dave Thompson. Thank you. Thank you very much. You guys are uh, amazing, and it is uh, a pleasure to have you working. Uh, you know, uh, I I guess you technically work for me, but um, you know, <laughs> it doesn't seem to seem that way some it. days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do what I'm told. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Don't worry, Pat. I'm going right to work after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if y'all c- please continue doing the, the hard work you do, so I can continue spending my afternoons in the in the map room. <laughs> All right. Thank you, listeners, for uh, uh, tuning in. And uh, again, tell your friends, uh, leave a review. And uh, we are beeropinions.co. You can also find us at uh, pattylongs.com, kaisertiger.com, Chicago Beer Experience, Chicago Beer Experience.com. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Thank you all. And until next time. Uh, Thanks, everybody.